how much do you know about investments and retirement planning? Today's video, I'll be doing a reaction to an ad by Money Sense. Now, this question of how much do you know about investing, let's discuss about it because today I'll be sharing with you some nuggets of wisdom so that you can become a better investor. And if you stay to the end, I have a special invite for you. So continue watching on. Hi guys, welcome back. I'll be playing that advertisement by Money Sense in a quick while. And at each point, if I have something further to add for you to help you improve on your investment process, I'll definitely share them with you. So without further ado, let's start. First question, do you invest? The first lady said yes. The second lady says I mostly use robo-advisors. Didn't say which one though. And the video cuts to bond interest rates have been going up and she mentioned that she bought some bonds as well. The third guy, insurance kind of investment. The second lady did mention that she's using robo-advisors now and that bond interest rates are going up. That's why she's been buying. I guess she's referring to the Singapore savings bond, something which I've touched on a lot on this channel. So just in case you haven't seen one, I'll leave links below. I'll leave links above also. But the main part about Singapore savings bonds is always use it, you know, as emergency cash, not for you to build wealth. Huh? Use it for emergency cash, use it to store war chest cash. But right now we're in a bear market. So war chest cash is not something to favor towards. You should be thinking how to deploy it towards the market. So the third gentleman has mentioned about insurance. And I think he's talking about annuity plans or endowment plans, correct? And in my opinion, technically insurance is not really an investment. It's a bit like, you know, CPF. I don't really view CPF as an investment because it's really a safe tool whereby there's no mental input. You just get an interest rate coming out for it. So there's a piece of mind that's delivered from such products and such solutions and they fulfill a specific need. So hopefully through the rest of the advertisements, we get a bit more sense on what are things to discuss further when it comes to investments. But before that, I'd like to critique that question. Do you invest? I think it's a wrong question to ask. Rather, the question should be, what are your thoughts on the current investment climate? Because investments can be stocks, can be properties, correct? So what are your thoughts on current climate? I think that sieves out a bit more information. Do you invest is a very superficial first layer question. Or how long have you been investing? What's your worst investment made to date? Maybe I can share a bit. My worst investment, if I think back, was quite clearly, I went to short. Dow Jones back in I think 2013-2014, I lost a big pot of capital there and really taught me a lesson when it comes to investing, don't bet on market direction too much. Back then there were some fears about, I can't remember, economic crisis in Europe, something like that. So I had a view that markets were bearish, I short sold, I used CFDs uh, to short sell and then what happened? Market just continued to remain level and in fact gradually appreciated. That's why I lost a big investment pot over there. Then what other questions can be asked? What are your best investments? Maybe I can share a bit also further. My best investments quite clearly looking back last few years were Propnex and IFAS. They did a multi-bagger in a quick couple of years and looking back, I think the decision to fend off any desire to sell off too early was pretty good. I managed to hold off you know, cashing in way too early. Of course, IFAS I still sold out way too early. But prop next, I managed to hold it for two years, in fact. So I think that was reinforcing that how to build multi-baggers. That's very satisfying. Then what other questions can be asked? Who do you listen to for investment suggestions? Maybe I can share with you also for myself. Some of my favorite channels include Sven Carlin on YouTube, Pension Craft on YouTube. The reason I rate them highly is because they resisted some hypes in the last few years. <clears throat> uh, ARKK. <laughs> Uh, but if you see, I, I kind of know who is good in investment circle based on their experience and their ability to 
look in a different direction. So these two are pretty good. Uh, they talk about investment principles. They don't go about viewership, talking about conspiracies and hypes and market noise and stuff. Uh, another channel I'd like to give a shout out to, Patrick Boyle, very smart guy. A lot of critical thinking points. He don't go about investments. He goes about macro, but he goes about it in a very smart way. So I do like his stuff. On investment advice, I definitely look to Warren Buffett. I definitely look to Howard Marks. So these are people that I also look up to and I believe you have your own heroes. So with that, let's move on to the second question. What would you invest in if you have $100,000? This guy shared that he'll probably do some research first on stocks that are doing well. And look at those with high risk, high rewards. And it cuts to, I prefer some sort of stability with stocks that do not fluctuate as much. Stocks that are doing well only. Now, uh, it is true and it's also not true. True in the sense is that market in general will reward companies that grow their earnings with a better valuation over time. That is true in a long-term basis. But it's also not true in the sense, you know, when does a market reward a company with increasing share price? We have no control about it. So what we need to do as investors is to think critically. Is the company doing well operationally? versus what the market is valuing it. That's where value investing comes about, correct? Sometimes it takes years for a company's good performance to get recognized. It's not always the case whereby good performance straight away recognized. Market is seeing the future. That brings about the next point. If you only pick about stocks that are doing well, you may be only buying winners, and that in itself is a big problem. Now, I'll use uh, sports betting as an analogy because, you know, sports betting, there is a pricing, right? There's an odds to it. But, you know, uh, investing and betting is also not the same. In a sense, if you have always this question, what's the difference uh, when I buy into the markets? Is that when you're gambling, there is a definitive conclusion to an event. For example, Liverpool will win this match against Manchester City. Liverpool won. That is an event. There's a no dispute end result to things. There is no evolution to the future. On the other hand, for investing-wise, you realize that there's no definitive deadline, correct? You buy something, you anticipate that it will grow and there's no one that tells you or it hasn't or it has. So there's no cutoff. There is a thinking about the future. So that's the difference between gambling and investing. So using that analogy, if you were to, for example, buy Liverpool to win all the time, big question is, will it make you money? Probably not, right? The same applies. If you buy Apple only, you expect it to grow indefinitely. Then the answer is very likely no, correct? Because there is a price that you can pay and there's a price whereby it's too excessive in terms of valuations. What if Apple is selling 100 years of future earnings? Right now, Apple shares is $1,000 instead of 140 Then, should you still buy? Again, buying winners, what is done well, cannot be used so simply when it comes to investing. Then what about for, for example, Chinese equity, something I covered in the previous video. Tencent, for example, right now is selling at 12 times future earnings. The question again is, now you're buying an underdog, correct? What are your odds of getting your capital back? Because that could very well become a better value than buying Apple, even though Apple has appreciated very much more than Tencent in the last few years. Stocks, when you are buying those that are only doing well, may lead you to overpay for an investment, and that naturally itself leads to poor investment results. So that's a feedback that I'd like to share with him. Hopefully, it can help refine his approach. Then he also mentioned about high risk, high reward, and of course, with some stability. Now, the common critique is usually to say that he has misunderstood risk, but or instead focus the discussion that he's instead misunderstood stability. You know, stability is understanding what the asset you buy actually owns, what backs it up, what gives it its cash flows, what is its business model, etc. etc. You know, stability with high rewards 
there used to be a crypto coin called Luna. I don't know if you have been affected by that crash or not, or if you've seen news about it. Luna coin was designed for stability and high rewards. In that case, you realize that you don't understand what the underlying asset is. That brings about unconfounded risk. Then what about for high flux? People thought high flux was very safe, correct? The perpetual bond, it went bust. So don't associate stability with recent price action. That does not tell you a full story, which means USDT now, a, a stable coin. Is it always going to remain stable forever? What about for a stock which has a stable share price in the last couple of months at least? Capital infrastructure. Is it always going to remain stable? I'll be covering this stock in particular, so do subscribe if you are keen to find me better on how to invest because I have some insights to share with you on how to approach and understand stability versus risk. So hopefully there's something worthy to note. Let's see if we have more answers from this question. This guy said gold. This lady again, she mentioned that she's a conservative investor, so she will invest in ETFs and S&P 500. Gold, the first guy mentioned about it. You know, gold is best as a diversifier. Only. It doesn't produce you cash flow. So hopefully if he has 100,000, he doesn't go investing into gold. In any case, you buy a gold as a jewelry. You already pay a spread owning a jewelry. So it's definitely not a good investment approach. Then what about for the second lady? She's mentioned that she's a conservative investor, correct? And what she mentioned is maybe buy ETFs. If you don't know any ETFs, it's exchange traded fund, which means a basket of assets. Usually it's a basket of companies. But ETFs cannot be classified as safe also. Because uh, right now, for example, there's some inverse uh, Kramer ETF that came on the market that's uh, causing some uh, jokes and laughter because this speculator has always gotten things wrong. So ETF is just simply a basket. What is underlying in that basket is more important. Then she also mentioned about S&P 500. Now with that, let me bring about today's sponsor who is Weeboo. Now Weeboo allows you to buy US stocks. If you're keen on S&P 500, you can actually buy that ETF also. You can also buy stocks in US. And right now Weeboo actually has an introduction promotion. You can actually qualify for Tesla shares if you do a new sign up today. And if you're keen, look for my referral links below because I think it's a platform that's pretty good. I've been using myself and this is a quick snapshot as to what I have within my own Weibo account. So if you are a new user, look out for our sign-up rewards, look for our links below to get introduced to it. Let's run back to the last few answers for this question. What would you invest if you have $100,000? This guy mentioned something that is safe, preserves his capital, low risk, low profits. This lady said she will figure out different platforms and find out the pros and cons. You know the first uh, retired guy, he's mentioned that He's looking to preserve capital, low risk, low reward. At least that's clear on his objective. So he should gravitate towards TBUs and Singapore savings bonds, for example. But my challenge to him also is, is it really necessary to preserve capital? Hopefully he thinks about it because just now if you mentioned S&P 500, even if you buy it now, uh, the outlook next few months may not be that good, it's okay. But you will never get to zero. That's something I believe also. So if you have the holding power, why can't equities be considered? Why must it only be fixed deposits and stuff? Because they definitely are below inflation rate, regardless of you know 3% or 4%. They pay 3% is because inflation is way above 3% now. So hopefully it takes that pointer. Then what about for the second lady? She's mentioned that she's looking to research into platforms. Now, investments have nothing to do with platforms. There's no shortcut onto which platform can give you results. Focus instead on the assets. If you're buying, S&P 500 ETF, then whether you buy on this platform or on Weeboo, for example, it doesn't really matter. So focus on the investment asset. The platform really doesn't make such a material difference. It only facilitates 
how you buy, the cost structure of it, whereby Weibo right now, if you buy it, the fees they charge are pretty low. So the research on platform can only bring you that far. The next part is to refine your own investment approach. So pertaining back to this question, what would you invest if you have $100,000? So maybe let me rephrase that question. What do you expect if you were given $100,000 for investments by next year, for example, and why? Now, if your answer is, I would like to make $20,000 by next year, some capital gains, that'll be good. Then my suggestion is there needs to be some education because 20% per annum cannot be done. Or that if you have already $1 million invested and an extra 100000 comes in, you want to YOLO it, or then by all means also, you can punt it to get 20,000 returns, then that is a separate story. So again, we should define the question a bit better. What would you expect from this 100000 by next year? Then on the other hand, if your expectation is, oh, I need 5,000 gains only by next year because I might need to use this for a house, then again, you shouldn't be investing it. You should just simply be going to Singapore Savings Bonds or T-Bills. So here's my answer to that question. What would you do if you have 100000 and you want to invest it? My answer is to actually to triple it in an unspecified time frame. Why so? Investing is about looking for beggars. Investing is about compounding over a long period of time. We don't control markets, which means we survive and navigate. Sometimes it takes one year to hit a good return. Sometimes it takes five years or 10 years to reach a good return. But also when thinking about this topic, I also would like to ask you this question. What is the biggest drawdown you have seen in your investment journey? You have never seen losses? That's one. You have lost before $10,000 or you have lost before $50,000 and above. Now, if you have lost before $50,000 and above, then my suggestion is you're actually okay to invest that $100,000 because markets actually are turbulent in the equities itself at least. On the other hand, if you haven't seen losses in your investment before, then quite possibly you do need advice, coaching on how to invest properly. Because if you punt, you might very quickly build up paper losses and you may not be ready for market volatility. Another way to look at it is if you have very little investment experience, simply do this, which I mentioned a lot. Dollar cost average slowly into the markets. Who cares if markets would recover next year or not? You need time to acclimatize, which means if you have $100,000, you want to do it yourself, don't go punting $100,000 straight away. Instead, set aside $50,000. do not touch one year later. Give yourself time to acclimatize. Dollar cost average $5,000 for one year, and then next year, dollar cost average. It gives you time to understand markets. It helps you curtail greed and fear. With that, you definitely see a much better investment outcome, and you give yourself time to learn. Markets are always there. There's no need to punt the $100,000 quickly. And that's something that hopefully you can take away from today's whole discussion. Now let's move on to the final question. One thing you would like to learn more about investing. This first guy mentions to grow his capital in a less risky manner. This second guy mentions how to forecast and how to predict. This third lady mentioned different investment strategies that are available now because it's ever-changing. I think there are some degree of answers that came up, right? The first guy mentioned to grow capital with less risk. That's actually an outcome. That's not really what he can learn from investing. Second guy, he mentioned how to predict, how to forecast. Now, that is something that is very core to investing. And with that, maybe I'd like to extend an invitation to you. I'm thinking of setting up my inaugural event to touch on investing. It'll be a summit. This event should be, I guess, priced at 27, 37, 47, something along that line. And I have yet to finalize it. I'm trying to collect interest, pre-interest first. So if you're keen, drop me an email so I'll give you a pre-invitation or follow the links below if I build it up already so you can do a sign up if you're interested for it. In that event, I hope to answer questions on a one-to-one -one basis. 
because the better the question you ask, the better you are at refining your own investment approach. So look out for the links below. Now back to the third lady who's mentioned that she would like to learn more about different strategies that are available now because it's ever changing. Now investment strategies actually have always been the same. You avoid something that's hyped up, you buy something, an investment that will grow over time at the right price. Very broad, correct? Because what is buy something that will grow over time? Is it buying Apple shares, for example? Is it buying DBS shares? Both of these are excellent companies. Or is it buying ExxonMobil? Yet another excellent company. That is where understanding price and understanding good companies tie hand in hand. You recognize, you need to think very critically what is hyped up. You need to think very critically what is the market sentiment and what is the market going to reward in the future. So these are all fundamental questions that a good investor needs to think through. So with that, I'll share with you my answer if I were to be asked this question. One thing you'd like to know more about investing. If I were to be able to speak to Warren Buffett, for example, you know he does have a lunch uh, that he actually auctions away, so that is millions of dollars. I can't afford that. But if I were to be able to ask Warren Buffett a question about investing, I would like to ask him, why do you buy Occidental and Chevron right now instead of during the pandemic when oil was much cheaper? So you see, the question is very defined. Because I would like to think and understand his thinking process. What he thinks about oil, because he's mentioned before, he doesn't want to guess where the oil is going. But the oil price itself affects risk, affects cash flows of these companies. Did the war change his assumptions on things, on what would be in demand moving forward? Because previously in the pandemic, oil prices were rock bottom, correct? There was a much better price to enter on hindsight. But that, of course, doesn't factor in the war that we are seeing. Does he know something about previous oil crisis and previous inflation cycles that impacts his preference on what companies to buy. So you hear it, the better the question is, the better you can learn the thinking process. And with that, I would like to invite you to leave your comments, what questions you would like to ask if I'll be able to answer each and every question. Leave them in the comment sections, I'll try to pick them up as best as I can. And as always, look out for the event that I'm trying to create. I'll leave links below as to when it can possibly be set up and if you're keen, look out for that. If that, I'll sign off from this whole discussion. Hopefully, you've taken something to improve your own investment process. If that, I'll sign off. Take care as always. Goodbye.